0: Hey everybody, we're in the Red Rock Racing Sportsbook, it's the calm before the storm. I'm Chucky, this is Jason, it's Hoops Madness time. I know everybody was, was waiting for this time of year, uh, we're excited about it, but before we dive in, that was just a little teaser, we're going to dive into some football and baseball, Jay, which has been really exciting so far. I mean, unbelievable, they kind of at the same time, all the free agent moves, uh, the craziness of both leagues right now has really taken the sports
1: media world by storm yeah we're missing out on the exhibition baseball but this kind of free agent frenzy of all the guys signing and obviously uh tom brady's unretirement and the quarterback movement throughout the nfl has been uh, made an exciting week and a lot of work to be done uh, in baseball and nfl moves uh, despite the fact that we're sitting here on the verge of march madness right i think when you look at the
0: quarterbacks you know we, we know brady came back and that really altered the nfc Uh, Last week we had Wilson and Wentz. Um, You still have got the the rumors out there with Deshaun Watson. Uh, There's four teams out there, Saints, Panthers, uh, Falcons, and and even the Browns. You know, could Baker Mayfield get moved? It's just been crazy with this. And you talk about the AFC West and how good those quarterbacks are. And breaking news, the Raiders went out and got a pass rusher today. They got Chandler Jones because they're going to be chasing around Herbert, Mahomes, and Russell Wilson, so I think it was a big pickup for the Raiders today.
1: Yeah, and we're seeing a lot of movement, uh, having some fun with the props. Um, we put up the Russell Wilson over-under passing touchdowns this year for the Broncos at 36 and a half, and uh, with Brady coming back, uh, kind of a big number. We put up a, a 41 and a half on uh, some going at 43 back, last year. Going going back and forth uh, with Tom Brady's over-under touchdown passes. So um, it's not only what's going on, it's how it's affecting um, the wagering world right. and the odds that are out there. So again, we're trying to be on the forefront of when the these signings are occurring and players are going from place to place putting up some unique props uh, for you to be able to wager on uh, how their seasons are going to go i
0: suspect we might do the same with uh, deshaun watson which once that happens if some of these other quarterbacks are moved we still don't know where jimmy garoppolo is going to go um if the browns are out now on baker mayfield ultimately who becomes their quarterback there's still a lot of uh, kind of dominoes to fall if deshaun watson goes to the falcons our guess is that matt ryan gets moved maybe it's indianapolis who still needs a quarterback so it really is a domino effect once that takes place.
1: Yeah, and I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to do the same thing on the baseball side of things and start putting up some uh, Matt Olson homers for the Braves or Chapman homers for the Blue Jays, Freddie uh, Freeman uh, wherever he yeah, goes, Suzuki for the Cubs, and uh, uh, Schwarber signing with the Phillies. So baseball's had a lot of really great signings, unique signings, and what those players are going to do in their new ballparks as well. So look for those props. Uh, probably uh, let us get through this weekend of March Madness and then we'll start to hang some of those baseball props. You know, I
0: think the amazing thing about baseball as we did post, I think we were first to market with the uh, win totals for all the teams in baseball. But all these moves have really altered those win totals. We've seen some dramatic moves anywhere from, you know, three, five, eight to 10 games based on some of the stuff that's going on right now. You look at the Reds um, who have been in a total sell mode, um, you know, the A's total sell mode. We've seen their win totals go down. The injury to Tatis for the Padres has really affected them. And I think depending on where Freddie Freeman lands, it's going to affect one of those teams' win totals as well.
1: Yeah, and uh, the Mariners and other teams Team that seemed to be acquiring players and getting a bunch of pieces of the puzzle to go up, um, and obviously the Red Sox, Phillies, and this, this Blue Jay team and, and really the good. rumors out there is they're not even done. I, I saw some stuff today with potentially them uh, looking at Jose Ramirez from the Guardians. So uh, they continue to look to uh, stockpile that offensive talent in Toronto.
0: Yeah, there, there's still some big pitchers out there as well. So, I mean, it's been fun. I mean, it happened, you know, in such a condensed version that we've been forced to really have our head on a swivel and move all these futures. We know the guests are looking at it. They're kind of guessing where some of these guys are going to go. And so many teams have been in on Freddie Freeman. We've heard him tied to the Dodgers, heard him tied even, you know, to the Cubs, to to the Blue Jays, to the Red Sox, to the Padres. Anybody's guess where he's going to go right now.
1: No, and he would make a big difference, um, you know, whether he goes. I know the latest rumors are the Dodgers, and I know the Red Sox have kind of jumped in and the Rays are still there, but that's definitely going to make a move, and those over-under season wins once he uh, signs a contract in one of those places. I know some of those
0: teams in the American League were in on Kyle Schwarber. He ends up signing with the Phils, so that kind of takes that out of the equation. Can you imagine Freeman, you know, in Boston uh, he, with the Yankees? I think he's out of the equation there with, with signing Rizzo. But I think Boston, uh, the Blue Jays, the Dodgers, Padres—they're all in on Freddie Freeman right now.
1: Yeah, and the other one is Chris Bryant. Um, the right. latest rumors have been the you know him going to the Rockies. Uh, but again, he he was Seattle rumored, too was a good rumored to go to Seattle and Philadelphia. And again, does the Schwarber signing take? Brian out of the potential of him him to go to Philadelphia and partner up obviously with his Las Vegas buddy and Bryce Harper. Right. Um, you know these are these are great things that, are, that right. are happening and it's fun and exciting and I'm I'm ready to get back in there and start working on some baseball props right. as we speak. And,
0: and as you mentioned earlier, the Cubs big big international signing by by signing Suzuki to that big deal. Uh, he's been just a, a monster. I mean he hits rockets, uh, the home runs he's hit. Uh, you know the Japanese league and averaged I think over 35 home runs a year. He can steal bases, hit for power. He looks like he'll be slotted at right field for the Cubs. Kind of the first big spending spree the Cubs have gone on now in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, and we, we think that he's got great raw power. It's how does that raw power translate into Major League Baseball. We saw what Otani was able to do right. last year, uh, but it also took him kind of two, three seasons to really get his game going in, in overseas, and so we'll see if it takes that long for Suzuki to translate. Obviously, face, facing Major League Pitching a little bit different with uh, more of the breaking stuff than you right. see in Japan.
0: Right, so we've kind of talked about uh, you know a little bit now, baseball and football. Real quick, we'll jump into... You know basketball and hockey as well. First looking at hockey in our own backyard, Knights have lost five straight right now. They're reeling. You've got Leonard on the injury reserve again. The trade deadline is next Monday the 21st. If they have any wiggle room or what do they do right now, but it's a Knights team that's not playing good hockey.
1: Yeah and they're starting to send, set a new trend um, and, and a trend that we're seeing across the league is just massive amount of goals being right. scored, and um, I think the Knights have now played four straight games where they've allowed five goals or more, um, so not good from the defensive standpoint. I think it was a touchdown Jets yesterday. You know, we've, no, we've, uh, we've, we've been talking about their, their injury, uh, you know, affecting the Knights, but uh, really a trend around the National Hockey League with um, seeing some very, very high-scoring games. And again, we talked about some of the fun props that we've been adding to the NHL win menu on, uh, you know, will there be fights, fights. In, in the games, total shots or players, um, so continue to check that NHL menu uh, for the props that we're putting up each
0: every night. I think in pro basketball, you look right now and and this Nets team is starting to make some noise. Uh, We've had them as the lowest team in the East, even after the big trade where uh, Harden goes to the Sixers with, with Embiid. You look at the way Kyrie Irving is playing right now and this Nets team, once they get Simmons back, if they're healthy, they're awfully good.
1: Well, I'm ready to start putting up a prop on, will anybody score 50 in tonight's NBA games? It happens every night. It's been the the new trend over the last couple weeks. Obviously, LeBron with the back-to-back 50 and a a 56, and then we saw Carl Anthony Towns put up 60, and then Kyrie Irving puts up 60 last night. So, um, some excellent scoring on display in the league, and uh, we'll see if uh, we can come up with a prop here this weekend on maybe some NBA scoring as well.
0: Right. It's a great time, really, to have the app, too, with all the college basketball uh, tournament games that are going on. We still have up to that $500 bonus, but with all these props that we're adding on a daily basis. Get the app; uh, it, it just really brings the sports book to you. Even if you're in here, kind of hanging out, watching all the tournament games, not only in the book but in Rocks Lounge, uh, Lucky Bar, even the bowling center. The whole property really will be College Basketball Central.
1: Well, and you talk about college basketball tournament props, um, the team. I think we need to get uh, you know some oxygen masks back <laughs> there on the amount of work that these guys have really been doing putting up these props. We um, just an absolute. We went through the Super Bowl props on offerings and kind of. You know, when the when the NASCAR race was here, all the props that we had offered for the NASCAR race, and it is really a Super Bowl-type menu of, of available props for this year's March Madness. Uh, absolutely incredible. Um, races to 10, 20, and 30, so essentially the team to score the first 10 points, first 20 points, first 30 points for almost every game. Uh, player props for every game. Uh, it's fun. Uh, it, it just fun. No, 13 seeds, forces four seeds, 12 12 five, five. number of wins by the SEC, number of wins by the ACC, number of wins by the Mountain West, will there be overtimes, head-to-head matchups on teams that aren't playing each other in different brackets, so the prop menu is absolutely extensive, and we're going to continue to push that menu um, all the way through the the whole tournament, it's not just a Thursday, Friday of the opening week here, you're going to see those props uh, go through the entire length of the tournament.
0: We were going to take a break before we got in the college shoes, as you can tell, we're too excited about it, Here's, here's ticket counts too so when you look at futures to cut down the nets in both the men's and women's so the men's uh, number one highest ticket count kansas number two arizona both number one seeds number three a little bit of a surprise and that's tennessee we know how well they played they won their conference tournament i thought they should have been a number two seed they're a number three seed third highest ticket count ucla was a popular bet as far as liability on the futures all year long in iowa who wins their conference tournament as well they're number five the women UNLV, the number one ticket count. Lady Rebels followed by UConn, South Carolina, the number one overall seed. Stanford and Baylor. So it's kind of some interesting ticket counts so far going on for both the men's and women's to win the, to cut down the nets and win the yeah, tournament. Yeah, I
1: think, I think from a men's standpoint, when you talk about the the popularity or or the role that Tennessee and Iowa are on, right. obviously two teams that um, win the SEC championship and win the Big Ten championship. So you talk about teams that are playing well, that aren't in that favored spectrum, that are, you know, I'm more in the uh, 10 teams down the chart that you're getting those 18 to 20 to 25 to 1 type prices on and on. Uh, Tennessee and Iowa obviously fit that bill of teams that were able to go win their conference right. championship playing hot and can they stay hot and uh, pull some upsets here
0: I was really surprised though it almost seemed like the committee had already decided where they were going to slot those two teams because they both won kind of convincingly their, their conference championships on Sunday yet yeah, Tennessee comes in at a 3 I thought they easily should have been a 2 and Iowa's a 5 I thought they should have been a 3 so some questionable calls I thought from the committee right there just based on what we saw these teams do in conference play. Well, and,
1: and probably one of the most questionable calls by the committee isn't necessarily the seeds. It's about the teams that Got in the teams right. that were left out, and um, I, I think that the, the one, Buzz Williams and, and Texas A&M, obviously uh, played in that SEC championship game against Tennessee, fell short. Um, had a rough stretch in the middle of the season. Went played 500 ball in the SEC, uh, but they're the one big miss for me um, that didn't get invited to the to the big dance. Um, sat there and lo- lost the SEC championship game um, and uh, and failed to get a bid. When we watched teams like potentially a Michigan so I or a Notre say that, Dame, right, yep. uh, th- those type of teams that kind. Kind of snuck in, and Texas A&M actually beat uh, Notre Dame head to head in in November, and Notre Dame was able to to find their way way in. But it obviously, it proves that you know every single game that you're playing throughout right. the year um, is is a is a must win game when you get down to those teams that are uh, going to be on the bubble come uh, Selection Sunday. I really thought Michigan
0: would be one of the first out, and with them being slotted at a nine spot, that wasn't even a consideration by the committee. And I did think A&M would have been in it as well.
1: Well, Michigan's Michigan's actually at eleven. Eleven, right? Um, right. And, and that's. To me, and I don't know if you want to jump right into games, but it's one of the most interesting games on the board. And, and strangely enough, it's the first game of the of the big dance. I obviously, forget about the playing games on Tuesday and Wednesday, but Thursday, nine fifteen, we have Michigan taking on Colorado State. You talked about Michigan, maybe not a deserving team to be in it. Um, but they're one of these really unique situations in that they're an 11 seed right. playing a 6 seed. They're the favorite, favorite in the game over the 6 seed. Um, that 6 seed happens to be Colorado State out of the Mountain West. Uh, but it's the 1st 9:15 game on Thursday morning, so it's uh, it's essentially the most important game of the whole day for everybody to get started with a winner, get things underway. Um, this is a really, really interesting game. You, you watch the Wyoming team um, lose to a, 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 Myo- a Wyoming Mountain West team Lose to a Big Ten team in Indiana last night. Um, committed a ton of turnovers, but the Big Ten was able to prevail in that matchup. Very, very similar matchup here in that uh, Colorado State, um, where they sat in the in the Mountain West, similar to where. Um, Wyoming was, and Indiana very close to where Michigan was. So this is a very similar matchup um, in that case, and Big Ten was able to prevail last night. Uh, great matchup here um, from a standpoint of Jawan Howard leading right. this team. Um, this should be a slower pace game. Um, Colorado State likes to play the half-court game, which may favor Michigan with that big seven foot 7'1 uh, Hunter Dickinson. Uh, I think it's going to be the key to this game um, if Michigan's able to offensive rebound and, and play the slower game. And obviously Jawan Howard's kind of... Uh, you know, missed those games at the end of the season from his suspension to be able to get these guys back. And the other big thing here is um, this game's in Indianapolis. So um, uh, could be a Michigan type crowd um, there in Indianapolis, which them obviously having a little bit uh, closer to home than uh, Colorado having Colorado State having to travel all the way to Indy. Well, the Big Ten's really had some struggles
0: of late in the college basketball tournament. I look at them this year. I think they're they're going to make some runs. I think you look at Purdue, Wisconsin, Iowa. I think all three of those schools are really good. I think they're going to make some noise uh, in, in all of their regions and have a chance to move on. If you look over our, shir- our shoulders right now. It's a little bit quiet in here. That is not going to be the case Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's so many great games. Even look at Gonzaga, the overall number one seed in the tournament. A game opened up at 25. Early action was clearly on Georgia State. It's so much different than it was, say, five or 10 years ago, where there's so much parity now. We talked about it on previous segments, where I think there was five or six number one seeds this year. About 50 schools that kind of rolled in to the top 20 this year. And you're not seeing those gigantic numbers like you've seen in the past, because so many of these small schools have kids that have been there for three and four years, and a lot of these big blue blood schools, kids are one and done. So from a parity standpoint, it becomes a lot closer of a gap, and you see a lot of dog action, which it used to be all favorites. You see a lot of dog play right now in the tournament.
1: Yeah, when you talk about parity, one of the things that I look at and and kind of jumps off the page to me is when we put the prices together and we're working on the odds, and and you take – uh, call it a, a Providence who earns a number four seed uh, playing South Dakota State as a, as a thirteen seed, and Providence is a, is only a two point favorite in that game. So we've got a we've got a four playing a thirteen, and it's a two point spread. And then we've got another four, um, UCLA playing a thirteen in Akron, and UCLA is a fourteen point right. favorite. So um, those are the intriguing things to me. Um, Arkansas, a, a number four seed playing a thirteen seed Vermont, and they're a five point favorite. You know, so when you see those type of discrepancies in a a, a really high um, ranked seed in the tournament playing a team that is, is ranked very low and it's a pick 'em game or essentially le- you know less than a five points, point spread, uh, tells you the incredible balance we have in college basketball today. Right. I almost think if you like some of these teams that are under a five point favorite, money
0: line becomes a value play on them because so many of these games are so close. And we're in such an information era right now. It's not only our podcast, but on all these network broadcasts, they talk about teams that are live, underdogs that are live. And the David against Goliath games, the Cinderella stories really kind of transform the sports book. Then if you're a $10 better or a $10,000 better, you could be sitting next to each other. And when it becomes evident that one of those big favorites isn't going to cover, it, the room just gets louder when they're rooting for that Cinderella story. Who will be, who will be that, you know, that, that Commonwealth, that Loyola of Chicago this year that kind of emerges, gets to the Sweet 16, and potentially the Elite 8, that becomes the chatter that everybody has in the book.
1: Well, I I, I hate to go. I know that you've talked about Iowa, um, and going back to the the NIT games and the games that we watched last night, um, St. Bonaventure um, from the Atlantic 10 went to Colorado last night and beat the, essentially the number four team in the Pac-12 um, in Colorado. So right. NIT, you know, they find out Saturday, Sunday where they're playing. Um, on a Tuesday, they made the trip all the way there. And St. Bonaventure and the Atlantic 10 is consistently a conference that we've seen right. a lot of these, um, we'll call it Cinderella stories. We talk about a uh, Virginia Commonwealth, George Mason, uh, George Washington, the, the, the Atlantic 10 has had that Cinderella story um, as we look back through the history of the tournament. The two teams from the Atlantic 10 this year, um, Richmond, who won their Atlantic 10 tournament, uh, the A-10 tournament, um, beating Davidson in the final, they take on Iowa. They're a 10-and-a-half-point underdog against Iowa in the opening round. And Davidson, uh, who was the number one uh, team in the conference all year long, um, they take on Michigan State uh, in, a, in a close matchup there. So if you're potentially looking for one of those sleepers, um, just from a historical standpoint, One of the conferences, one of the lower conferences that we have seen um, those Cinderella stories uh, come out of, it's the Atlantic 10.
0: There's three dogs, too, that aren't really like household names that we've seen some play on. That's Colgate, Vermont, and uh, South Dakota State. So that's what makes the tournament so fun. Again, I think there's So much that the gap has narrowed, and I think it becomes so much more competitive. Uh,
1: Just one fact on Colgate Colgate is going up against um, Wisconsin, who's a number three seed. Obviously, we're co champions of the Big Ten um, to get this to to earn that number three seed. Um, Really struggled kind of their last couple games of the year, lost to Nebraska with a chance to. Uh, win the big 10 tournament uh, big 10 regular season title on their own they end up splitting with Illinois but lost to Nebraska who is the bottom feeder in the in the big 10 and then they go and lose in the tournament as well um, so haven't played their best basketball um, to me a little bit overseeded at, at the three uh, but that's why Colgate might be getting some play because if you can lose to Nebraska, right. you can surely lose to Colgate.
0: But it's, I mean, again, there's so much information out there for some of these smaller schools that they do get played because those kids have been together uh, for two, three, and four years. I think you mentioned Davidson earlier, and we were remiss if we didn't do a shout out to our buddy at uh, Fox 5, <laughs> Jason Feinberg. We've got the, uh, the Feinberg props that are up. Uh, Dr. Feinberg props for his cat and Davidson is one of those Wildcats it's uh, the four Wildcat teams who will have the most wins and it's Arizona Villanova, Kentucky and Davidson which I think is a really fun prop because you look at those top three schools and all of them have a legitimate chance to cut down the nets.
1: Yeah we like having some fun with him and his love for cats but (laughs) obviously the Wildcat prop. The thing that makes this interesting for me from a Wildcat standpoint um, for them to win the tournament and advance the furthest is that um, Arizona and Villanova are in that same uh, uh, south bracket, and and very likely that one of those team, one of those two teams, is going to be a representative. So um, wait a minute, we could have a cat fight. We could have a cat fight. All now right. again, I think that's the toughest bracket um, from a regional bracket uh, in the tournament. That Arizona, um, Villanova, Tennessee, Illinois, Houston. Um, to me, that is uh, if we we'll, if we'll term um, a World Cup soccer term right, yep. That that's the the bracket of death. I mean, you have you have the Pac-12. Um, tournament champion. You have the Big East tournament champion. You have the SEC tournament champion. You have the Illinois, who's the Big Ten regular season champion. And you have Houston, who's a tournament champion. So that bracket to me is absolutely loaded. Um, and, and and it could be a really tough time finding your way out of that
0: bracket. Yeah, I think we kind of looked at the brackets as we kind of went through our regions early. looked at the, the regions we went through our brackets as well. I agree with you. I think the South and the East are probably the two toughest. East, East with uh, Kentucky, Baylor, UCLA, Purdue, Texas, North Carolina, and St. Mary's in Virginia Tech, and I think the easiest road is out west, though, where Gonzaga, uh, the number one overall seed for the second straight year, yet they're not backed in the, in the five highest ticket counts, but Gonzaga, Duke, Texas Tech, Arkansas, and Connecticut. And then I would follow that in the Midwest with Kansas, Auburn, Iowa, uh, Wisconsin, LSU, and Providence. But for me, again, I think uh, south and east are the two toughest. West and Midwest, I think, have an easier road for those number one seeds uh, to cut down the nets. Yeah,
1: and, and uh, we, we had the pleasure of watching Gonzaga take on Duke when they, when they played here in, in Las Vegas, and tough to say that Gonzaga has the easiest road when you do have that Duke Blue Devils on the number two line um, in that bracket, and then you have Texas Tech on the three line. Um, I think the four Arkansas again is a, is a beatable four and the Zags should advance. Um, I think that Texas Tech-Duke um, matchup could be intriguing, although um, I'm on record with saying I expected something magical out of the Saint. Mike right. um last dance here, uh, but they've been kind of really a disappointment. Right. Um, that last home game, losing to Carolina, Carolina. obviously losing in, in the Virginia ACC Tech. championship to Virginia Tech. Um, so maybe everything's not right there, or they were just putting all their eggs in this basket, and we're going to see that Krzyzewski magic happen right here. Uh, but again, I, I think there is a danger lurking in that Michigan State-Davidson game. Um, I think Davidson could be a team... Um, if they can beat Michigan State with a tough matchup and a great coach in Izzo, um, that could be a, a troublesome for Duke. And
0: they happen to be a Wildcat, too. And right? they
1: happen to be a Wildcat. Okay. Um, but going back to your to, to the toughness, again, the, the Zags bracket, very difficult. Um, the Kansas, Kansas-Auburn, I, I hate to say it, but I think Wisconsin is a soft three. Um, I think that the four in that bracket um, is Providence is a soft four. Iowa, I think, is under underseeded. I actually
0: like Wisconsin more than you do. Yep. I think they're a team that can challenge Kansas. I think... Kansas is good. They just haven't been the same Kansas team. Quietly, they're, they're you know a number one seed. I think Wisconsin to give them a lot of trouble if they match up.
1: I'm really high on Kansas. The one thing I I really like about Bill Self teams is. They don't have to always play their best basketball to win. They can go pound you on the inside. They can shoot threes. The one thing about Big 12 teams, and, and you can look at the Big 12 conference across these brackets, you know that the teams in the Big 12 are going to play defense. Um, they're, they're, they're going to come with a great defensive effort in every matchup, um, so they don't have to come out scoring and hitting you know, 50% from three-point land to win. Um, they're going to play grind-out games that are going to be down there at the end, um, and that's how they beat teams with great right. defense.
0: I mean, it's so much fun. I mean, we could talk for hours about this. We're going to be doing some quick hits uh, over uh, Thursday and Friday of what's kind of going on through the midway point of the game. Next week, we'll be able to update everybody on kind of who that Cinderella story is going into the Sweet 16 and what's kind of transpired in the contest so far, uh, in the tournament so far. But contest, last man standing. Uh, you still can get signed up up until 5 p.m. on Thursday. It used to be 9 a.m., so if you can't get here, you can still sign up up to 5 p.m., $25 entry fee. Four entries for 100 gets you a fifth entry free. It's just like the tournament. You win, you move on. The format is you keep 100%. Whoever wins the tournament gets it all. If there's ties, it'll be aggregate, but it's a great contest to get in.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I was going to just say from a from a handicapping standpoint, and, and we look at um, the, the first-round matchups of what's going on on Thursday and Friday, and if you go look historically at college basketball or even look at just the records of teams this year, um, teams play at home, they play really well, teams are lucky to play for. 500 on the road and one of the things that we talk about with all of the, the March Madness games is that they occur on neutral sites And when you go to neutral sites, that st- tends to even things up a right. little bit and, and things like that But watch where these teams are playing um, When you have a Wisconsin that's going to be playing their first game uh, Potentially their first two games in Milwaukee when you have a Providence team that's going to be playing in Buffalo um, Don't just dismiss what region they got sent to. Um, Take a look exactly where they're playing those games and their closeness, their vicinity to home, uh, because that can have some big influence on college athletes um, when they're able to have fans 8, travel 10, well right. 15,000 of their fans travel to these regional matchups uh, that goes a long way in, in how right. they're able to make those
0: runs we even know Duke I mean you're going to have such a, a large contingency of fans for them with shashevsky's last run so it's a really good point to, to kind of hit on guys it's so much fun for us we're, we're excited about Hoop, hoops madness I mean you've got that's man standing get signed up for the mobile app a number of different opportunities to watch games not only at our property but all of our station casinos you know racing sports books they've got different venues where they're showing the games and the crowd's going to be be nothing like this so get here early have fun stay within your means enjoy the contest enjoy the tournament uh because we're excited that it's the normal format where it's again it's the thursday friday saturday sunday i think the more traditional style really is going to see an uptick in crowds atmosphere hype and handle as we go through the tournament
1: I'm going to put you on the spot if you're closing things off here. I know we didn't talk about this before we jumped uh, to do the okay. podcast, but do you, a, uh, do you have a team to win at all? Do you, do you like something?
0: I do. I mean, I've, I've said it for the last, like, three weeks, and it's Tennessee. Uh, I know we talked about them. I thought they should have been higher than a number a three. I thought they should have been a two. Uh, Rick Barnes hasn't had a lot of success in the tournament in his career, especially at Texas. I think he's turned the page. Uh, they, they beat Kentucky three times this year. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Volunteers to
1: cut down the nets. Um, I really, really want to go with a West Coast team. I really think the Zags uh, and or Arizona are the best team in the tournament. One of the things that I was looking back on is since 1975, historic, Historic. since 1975, only four West Coast teams have been able to win the championship, so it's really been a East Coast, Midwest-dominated uh, college basketball tournament, and I really have a tough time not picking Gonzaga and Arizona, um, but I'm going to go a, a little bit deeper, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the Kansas Jayhawks. I think uh, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, we talk about number one seed, uh, a, a little, yeah, bit, yeah, a, a little right. bit of the softness of, right. of their bracket. Um, I think that they get to the Final Four, and if something crazy can happen in that Tennessee bracket right. um, where, you, where you picked, uh, anything can happen in the National Championship right. game, so i um, I won't go to that favorite line, but I'll stay on the one line with, uh, with the Kansas Right. Jayhawks.
0: I mean, for me, I said it was Tennessee. I do like Wisconsin, too, and that's against Kansas in that, in that bracket. But just kind of going off the grid of not picking a number one or number two seed. But I think that's what makes the tournament so great, is that we're going to have some great storylines, some great games. The atmosphere is going to be cool. And, guys, we can't wait to jump back on with you next week for
1: another segment of bookends. Again, before we jump off, one other, because Thursday <laughs> and Friday – are about the Cinderella story right it's you know as much as we want to talk who's going to win the championship and the great team it's man who's this small conference coming out of nowhere that we know is going to get to the sweet 16 probably even maybe see a a sleeper show up in the elite eight who's your who's your team out there that you say man I think they've got a chance to pull some upsets who's who's this year's Cinderella?
0: You know, I've looked at, at so many different schools right now, and I, and I marked it up a little bit. Let me find who, who's my big Cinderella story this year. i got to find my, uh, my page.
1: I'm going to say it's, it's Murray State. Murray State? Yep. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're in a, a really tough um, first-round matchup. Um, with San Francisco, basically a pick, right, yep. basically a pick a pick'em game, but a team I, I think they're thirty and two on, on the year, right. um, and uh, with that's so a, good in their conference too. How about you? Uh, I, I'm gonna strangely enough, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Well, they're they're an eleven seed, right. so Iowa State, um, uh, not necessarily. Uh, a, a small conference team, still still a, a bigger conference team, but I still think they qualify as a Cinderella story um, because they'd be coming out of the 11 hole. Um, they, have a, they have a matchup against LSU, um, which I think is a, a, a very difficult matchup. I think they're about a six-point dog in that matchup with LSU, but I think LSU is going through some internal issues with no coach, right. that there's a potential for an upset there. And then I'm, I'm picking on your Wisconsin Badgers because... <laughs> Iowa State, after they beat LSU, they would go into that Wisconsin Colgate winner, and I do think that Wisconsin is a, is a vulnerable team to go there. Um, so I'm going to take uh, the Iowa State Cyclones to be my Cinderella story.
0: I'm going to give you one more school that I had marked up to, and this might be a year too soon because I think next year they're going to be a team to look for in the future book odds, and that's Creighton. I think you look at the job that McDermott does there and how they played in the conference tournament, I think this Creighton team has coached really well. They're disciplined. I think there's some value there on them at 150-1 to 1 to win the tournament. So for me, if you're kind of going off the grid of, of the top 20 or top 25, I'm going to throw out there Creighton and Murray State.
1: Yeah, they played great uh, down the stretch there too. They do they play San Diego State. Right. One of the things we're kind of looking at um, is, is where is the success going to come for the Mountain right. West? We talked about Wyoming um, struggling and losing last night to Indiana. Uh, looking at getting four teams, uh, you know, into the tournament: uh, Can San Diego State, Colorado State, and Boise State all playing pretty close to pick 'em games right. in that first round? Um, will the Mountain West have any success? And this is again one of those really tight games. I think San Diego State, uh, two two and a half point favorite over Creighton.
0: Uh, one last thing, guys, before we wrap it up. Again, we know the sports books get packed. Um, here at, at Red Rock, we'll be showing the games in Rock's Lounge. So a lot of open seating in there and a lot of our properties. will be showing games in other venues besides the book. So come check it out. Have some fun. Good luck during the tournament. Don't forget, get signed up for the app. Sign up for Last Man Standing. Winner take all. Great contest. He's Jason. I'm Chucky. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. It's Hoops Madness time, guys. We're excited about it. We'll catch you later during the week.